Hey guys, this episode of Sauce of the Scary brought to you by Forge Nutrition. Go visit ForgeThroughTheFire.com, get your meal prep, get your gear, get your nutritional programs, but for now, enjoy the show. Welcome to another edition of Saw Something Scary. I'm your host. My name is Derek Zoo. Alongside me, as always, is the man that makes me watch some really crappy movies sometimes, Jeff Wright. How dare you? <laughs> sometimes they're not that great. Jeff, how we doing, man? I'm excellent because I watched one of my favorite movies, but I had to listen to a friend of mine laugh at it the whole time. It's a really good comedy. We'll get into it here in a little bit. Before we do, man, I want to talk to you a little bit about what's going on in the world of comic books. I uh, just found out before we got started. <laughs> did you like my my radio voice right there? If you want to go faster, then scream! <laughs> really, it's going to be me in forty years. <laughs> All right, everybody, it's time for the Himalaya. They're going to be like that, Derek Zoo. He tried, tried real hard. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about the Batman movie. Have you heard anything about this? I heard that they cut Affleck's script entirely yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, so that's a big move. Yeah, apparently Affleck and Jeff Johns uh, were writing a, a script together, and Matt Reeves went on record yesterday saying it's next. So, what are your thoughts on that, man? Does that not make for an awkward setup with Affleck still playing Batman Let's if see. you kick out all of his creative work? That's what I'm thinking. Is maybe he's not going to. Which I don't want. Like, I'm I'm fully on board the Affleck train, and I was one of the last people to hop on that thing. But if you're going to just nix all of his ideas, to me, that would make for a tense situation on, on set and stuff, you know? It would be hard enough knowing how successful Affleck has been as a director to direct him. Sure. But then after you've already been like, you know all those ideas you had? Nah. I, I don't know how that works out. This... This Batman movie just continues to look worse and worse in pre-production. And I don't know. I tend to believe that if there's smoke, there's fire. If that's the case, though, the smoke here looks like this whole Batman movie is going down in flames. And that sucks because I'm like you. I got on board with Batfleck after I saw him do it. I still hate the movie that he was in, but he he handled his business uh, better than expected. So I was excited for this, but it's got the stink of death on it. Yeah, already. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Particularly, like, DC can't catch a break. This is coming on the heels of Wonder Woman being, like, a good DC superhero movie. And then the the next news we really get is, hey, you know that one you were all looking forward to the most? Yeah. Yeah. You want to add to that? No, just, I I hope that everything works out, but not looking good. Are you excited about Matt Reeves' uh, latest movie, The War of the Planet of the Apes? Yeah, yeah, I'm in on that. That looks really, really good. That comes out tomorrow or uh, tonight, I guess. We're recording this on Thursday. It'll be out in theaters tonight. Okay. Um, so, yeah, definitely we'll watch that pretty you know, soon. One other note on that. They had said that the original like aim of that movie was to go kind of noir. So, Batman the Detective. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to see that movie so bad. Yeah. Um, that's sort of one of the unexplored aspects of Batman's character. So, uh, just that they're scrapping even that idea... Uh, it's just depressing all around. Yeah. I was talking to uh, one of our listeners, Justin Odell. Shout out to Justin Odell. He uh, he sent me the thing on uh, it's coming soon. He sent me the article about what Matt Reeves had said. We both were kind of talking about it and said that I'm okay with like a better idea, but 
I just like you, I was really looking forward to the detective part of mm-hmm. Batman being uh, examined and, and fleshed out and stuff because you you really have never seen that in any of the movies. So it's it's really disappointing to know that if they're going in, in, in a different direction than that, which is what it seems like, it's disappointing to. That still goes on the back burner. So, for sure. We'll see. Hey, good news, though. Also connected with Justin O'Dell. He tagged me in a tweet that had a piece from Den of uh, Den of Geekery or something. We were saying that they were uh, somebody is developing a Nightwing standalone project. Nice. And I'd never heard about this, so okay. I was super excited to see that. So, okay. maybe we'll get some good news on something we mentioned previously that sure. Dick Grayson could handle his own movie at this point. Yeah. You know, if, if Ant-Man can handle a movie... I think Nightwing can, and whoever's behind that, more power to you guys. Yeah. Who would you cast as Nightwing right now? Any any young actors jump off the page for you? All right, so here's the guy I would cast as Dick Grayson slash Nightwing. Dylan Minnette. You familiar with his oh, okay. work? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a perfect one. Yeah, I wouldn't even think about that guy, but yeah, that's that's spot on. Looks young. Yeah. Physically fit, acting chops, hand him the, hand him the reins and let him work. The only person that I could think of that I might say would be equally as good but he may not have like the build for it but he he's got the the youth and the boyish type of charm is asa butterfield yeah he's in like hugo and uh, ender's game uh he was in some the space between us that nicholas sparks looking movie where he was he was like grew up on, on mars yeah or grew up on mars so i thought that's the only thing but yeah I th- yours is better oh well asa would make a good peter parker if we didn't already have uh What's his name? Tom uh, Holland. Tom Holland, yeah. Tom yeah. Holland's kind of perfect, but uh, that guy would make a good young Peter Parker. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Tom Holland, speaking of Spider-Man, I watched that on Saturday, and I'm going to have to re-watch it just to see if I think it's the best Spider-Man ever. I mean, the only possible alternative is the first uh, Tobey Maguire one? I disagree. Okay, so then what, where, what would you be comparing? Against? Spider-Man 2. Like Spider-Man 2 better? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, either way, that's totally on the table. Like. Sure. Tobey Maguire did a great job. He kind of helped launch the thing, at least till we got till part three. But it, that's that's ripe for cherry picking, and the uh, Garfield stuff just doesn't yeah. warrant consideration. I like Andrew Garfield. I like mm-hmm. Emma Stone. But I love Emma Stone. Yeah, they were just not. They weren't good. Yeah, uh, but uh, Keaton is probably my favorite Marvel villain. Okay, as the Vulture. Uh, I'll never say a bad word about Robert Downey Jr. ever. Somebody on Facebook said that there was too much Tony Stark in this movie, and I just promptly deleted them from my mind. <laughs> that is not going to get you over with Derek Zoo. No. <laughs> I, what are you talking about? Yeah, but Tom Holland is by far the best Peter Parker. Uh, he's a really great Spider-Man. There's a phenomenal scene. I won't Wahlberg this at all, but there's a phenomenal scene towards the end of the movie uh, that uh, Josh Hull and I were talking about through text. Uh, it's, it's, you just got to see it. Yeah. It's it's in that moment where I was like, "Yep, this is it. This is it. This is the movie." Yeah. So it'll, I'm really excited to to watch it again to revisit it. Probably probably try to do that sometime this week. Uh, if you haven't seen Spider Man yet, go watch it. Yeah, I'm about to run. I'm gonna, I'm going on some daddy dates with my kids. You know, so we're about to do just like multiple viewings of that thing back to back. Yeah, and War of the Planet of the Apes. Right. Probably not taking the kiddos that way. <laughs> Maybe the wife is. Yeah. There we go. I'm be good. Uh, so let's get into everyone's favorite part of the show. Uh, hit that for me, please. Hopefully it'll be in this week. I'm not going to lie to you. I had a Paul Heyman shoot promo style. I uh, want to talk to you about just a couple things. I know we've talked about the tick uh, before. Uh, there's an official trailer for it now. Okay. So if you guys are interested in that at all, go check that out. It'll be on Amazon. It premieres on Amazon August the 25th. 
And I actually just got Amazon Prime just so I could watch this. Well, happy birthday to me two days before my birthday. Absolutely. So uh, definitely want to make sure and check that out. Uh, there's a phenomenal Dark Tower trailer. Um, I will watch that trailer then. I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm not sure if I will be into that project. I'll go check that one out for sure. Yeah, there, it's it's before Spider-Man. Okay. Um, at least it is at AMC in Cookville. So uh, check that out. But it's also, you can watch it on IMDb. It's really, really good. Um, Curb Your Enthusiasm? You big Curb Your Enthusiasm? I'm not, man. You okay. know, I'm right in the uh, demographic for that. Yeah. Everybody I know loved that. I don't know. Was that on HBO? Yeah, it's HBO. Sure. I think I didn't have HBO at the time, and okay. so I just kind of missed it, and I didn't go back and catch up later. Yeah. Uh, now you can get Hulu and HBO together for like 15 bucks a month. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Okay. So if you're uh, looking to catch up on The Rock's Ballers <laughs> or, or uh, Westworld. Did you ever see Westworld? I've got Westworld queued up somewhere. If okay. it's only on Hulu... Uh, I don't know why that would be, but yeah, I've got it somewhere on a, like, I want my wife to watch this with me mm-hmm. and that kind of drags everything down. Cause we're right now working through now that you've got Amazon. Yeah. Uh, Bosch okay. is incredible. Okay. Um, we're working through the third season of Bosch, Bosch oh. right now. Okay, cool. Um, so I'll get into a couple movies that I saw that, uh, what's your opinion on. And then I want to talk to you about a new Netflix show. Uh, that kind of grabbed my interest as well. Jeff hates trailers. So there's a movie called Geostorm. Uh, this is a 1990s Chevy product, right? <laughs> no, this is actually the sequel to the movie we just saw. Event Horizon. How dare you. called Geostorm. <laughs> I'll be right back. I'm going to go slit your tires. Not the first time. <laughs> Keep talking. Uh, so the synopsis is, when the network of satellites designed to control the global climate start to attack Earth... <laughs> It's a race against the clock to uncover the real threat before a worldwide geostorm wipes out everything and everyone. This stars Gerard Butler, Ed Harris, Andy Garcia, Daniel Wu, and that's everybody that I, I know. But a cavalcade of other people. Well, Abby Cornish, who's apparently somebody. So anyway... I would actively oppose through physical violence anyone who attempted to make me watch that movie. That looks like Event Horizon, though. I... It looks better than the CGI <laughs> in Event Horizon. Um, yeah, that picture. Yeah, they, they that's cut and paste yeah. from the uh, warp drive. So I think I mean you're a completist. You've got to you've got to watch this movie. Just I think that is a completist <laughs> uh, horse pucky. That's a technical term. Oh, and uh, I have nothing to do with that. Thank you very much. Fair enough, sir. Speaking of horse pucky. I want to talk to you about an adventure comedy horror movie called Dave Made a Maze. Dave, an artist who has yet to complete anything significant in his career, builds a fort in his living room out of pure frustration, only to wind up trapped by the fantastical pitfalls, booby traps, and critters of his own creation. Is this indie? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Because, see, Geostorm sounds like something that a major motion picture studio should not touch. Right. Um, You'll also see a Geostorm trailer if you go see Spider-Man. I will. Uh, I'll batten down my eyelids. Yeah. Anyway, um, what's it called? Dave Builds a Maze? Dave Made a Maze. Dave Made a Maze. Yeah. We've watched Tusk. Yes. So this can't be worse than Tusk. I also saw Event Horizon. Yeah. I will watch... I would consider watching Dave Made a Maze, depending on who's involved. This movie... Okay, so the movie we're talking... We're, Discussing today is Event Horizon, which we've already said. Uh, but that movie on IMDb has a 6.7. Dave Made a Maze has a 7.7. Good sir. Yeah. So, as I've told you before, never trust IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only person that I know in this 
and I apologize to anyone involved, is John Hannigan. And John Hannigan, uh, he play or he is Johnny Nitro, John Morrison, and Johnny Mundo on Lucha Underground. John Morrison was in the WWE for several years. Uh, he plays the Minotaur. Wait, I'm sorry. It sounded like you said he plays the Minotaur. I did say that. He plays the Minotaur. Huh. Guy by the name of Nick Thune plays Dave. He was in Knocked Up. He, his his biggest known for on IMDb is Knocked Up, where he plays Allison's friend. Mm. Killer role there, Allison's friend. Uh, he was also in the movie Extract with Jason Bateman, where he plays guitar salesman. So as you can tell, star-studded here on Dave Made a Minis. Probably going to reevaluate some things and turn that into a uh, a hard pass. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And finally, the thing that I'm, I'm most interested in, uh, speaking of Jason Bateman, actually, is a show called Ozark. And uh, the synopsis on it is the birds and their teenage kids, Charlotte and Jonah, are, for all intents and purposes, an ordinary family with ordinary lives. Except for the job of Marty, a a Chicago financial advisor who also serves as the top money launderer for the second largest drug cartel in Mexico. When things go awry, Marty must uproot his family from the skyscrapers of Chicago and relocate to the Lazy Lake region of the Missouri Ozarks. And this stars Jason Bateman, Jason Butler Harner, Anthony Collins, Julia Garner, Laura Lenny. You had me at Jason Bateman. Right. But Laura Linney seals the deal. I mean, on Laura Linney. Yeah. And so this is going to be on Netflix. It's a 10-part uh, show on Netflix. Premieres next Friday. And it's uh, labeled under the crime drama and thriller. So Ooh, right there. It's yeah. my field spot, Brian Campbell. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think that'll that'll be interesting. And, and I watched the trailer uh, earlier this morning, and it looks really good. Okay. So, I'm all in. Yeah, I'll, I'll join you there. Cool. Maybe we can update this next time we record. Yeah. Where initial thoughts are. Absolutely. So you didn't mention the Annabelle trailer you put up on social media. That's actually, yeah, good call. I completely forgot about that. Uh, that looks crazy. Yeah, and it did the thing that I need trailers to do for me. It took me from like a project I was out on. Even though I've loved the Conjuring like franchise, the Annabelle derivative is the weakest link. Did you watch the first the first Annabelle? I did, and okay. that's what made me think I'm good. I'm not yeah. going to be watching this one. But that trailer totally flipped me. Yeah, and now I'm super into it. This looks like a Ouija type thing, right? Where mm-hmm. the second Ouija is really good, but the first one was not that good. Like, good I, call. I, I hope that that's how this is. Uh, is Mike Flanagan secretly involved with this? I don't know. If we can ever get that interview set up with him, we can ask him about yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, so I'm totally in on that movie now. I'll probably watch that in the theaters. I got one to throw back at you. Okay. And and also my listeners, so or our listeners. Nope, just Jeff's. Just mine. Because <laughs> If you're my listener, tune out right now. <laughs> you'll uh, you'll see why it's me versus Derek today. <laughs> um, choose your sides. Choose them wisely from now on. Team Roman. <laughs> So, to our listeners, go find this. Here it is, Derek. Okay. Conjuring the Witch's Doll. Okay. Track that trailer down. Okay. And we'll just leave it there. I just, let's report back on that. Conjuring the Witch's Doll. Check that trailer. Let me throw a couple things at you. All right. Throw it at me. Okay. Did you watch The Exorcist, the television show? No, sir. I did not. Okay. I think that one, generally speaking, if you're a horror buff, is worth watching. Okay. It. It's survived being canceled by just like the skin of its teeth, the classic low ratings but passionate fan base. Is that on TNT? I think it was TNT. Okay. Which I, I, you, I think you can get it on Amazon Prime, though, because I remember okay. catching up on episodes I'd missed live through one of those streaming services. Okay. And Amazon Prime is one that I have. They added Brianna Hildebrand to season two. Do you know who that is? No. She played Boom Boom, I think, in Deadpool. 
the young lady who's okay. hanging out okay. with Colossus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty excited about that. They also added... Boom Boom's definitely not her name. What is her name? Like Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Uh, yeah, okay. Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Way to come off with that off the top of your head, man. Slap nice. hands. Um, they also added... John Cho. Oh, yeah. I love John Cho. They also added John Cho, which I found out about the same time I found out about them adding Brianna Hildebrand. Okay. Super excited for season two now. Yeah, that's going to be really good. John Cho. Okay. I'll have to... I'll go back and... and uh Rewatch the first season. How how long is the first season? How many episodes? I want to say twelve. Okay, um, that's worth it. Yeah, it, it's it's a quick one. Yeah. Oh, the other piece of horror news that I wanted to mention to you. Oh, this one's depressing. Oh no. So, Derek, do you like the Amityville horror movies? To an extent, yeah. Okay, so did you like the original? Yeah, yeah. I'm not the world's biggest Margot Kidder fan, but I'm with you there, buddy. Yeah. Um, did you like the remake with Ryan Reynolds? Yes. Okay, so we're tracking together. Um, I'm going to give you good news, bad news. Okay. A new Amityville horror film titled 1974 is about to go into production with a major Hollywood uh, director. Okay. Good news. Here's the bad news. It's Queen Tarantino. Worse. Okay. Eli Roth. Oh, that's a kick between the cons. It's like a mini version of when I found out that Rob Zombie had been handed the Halloween franchise. (laughs) Now, Amityville has had a ton of bad movies made about it. Don't get me wrong. Sure. It's not like it's uh, classic uh, through and through. But, man, it's one of the great American horror stories. Um, Amityville Horror, Poltergeist, Exorcist. Like, if you're into supernatural horror, there's your top three. Yeah. You know, classically. And they freaking handed it to the guy who gave us Hostel. Yeah. Do do I want to see a ghost making someone's head spin around with a... Um, Torture device? No, I don't. Right. So, anyway. Now, so that is completely different than Amityville The Awakening that is coming out this year. Or has come out this year, I'm not for sure. I'm unfamiliar. Okay, yeah. Amityville The Awakening uh, stars Jennifer Jason Lee, Bella Thorne, Jennifer Morrison, uh, Kurtwood Smith, and it's the synopsis is, A single mother moves her three children into a haunted house unaware of its bloody history. So, I'm assuming that they're different because Eli Roth is nowhere on this. Yeah, it's written and directed by a guy named Frank Kalfu. Kalfu? I don't know. You had me at Frank. Yeah. Who uh, is known for P2, Maniac, I Live, and Wrong Turn to Tahoe. So. All favorites of mine personally. Yeah, I'm really surprised we haven't uh, reviewed any of those on the podcast. Or all of them. Yeah, because you talk about them all the time. So, interesting. Okay. Okay, Derek. Um, you took us through a listicle last week. Yeah. So I'm going to take you through a list right now. Okay. And you're going to tell me... If Hugh Jackman is at the top of this list again, I'm going to do that. You're going to tell me if the list uh, has this in order or out of order. Okay. And feel free to say this is my personal rating of that um, enterprise. Okay. Okay. So here's the setup. The horror subreddit on Reddit, forward slash r forward slash horror, is referred to as Dreddit. And they did a user vote of the top horror television series. Okay. Okay. And they came up with 50. So I'm not going to take you through 50. I'm going to start at 26. And we're going to find out if these guys have evaluated things properly or not. Okay. Lay it on me. And 26 is is chosen because it's a great baseline that we're both familiar with. Where's this? Where's where can we find this at? Uh, the forward slash r forward slash horror subreddit. Okay, it's sorry. pinned at the top of the subreddit currently, so you can go track this down. Okay, is it uh, any like website or 
Like last week was the Hollywood Reporter, so this is okay. So this is just on the subreddit. Yeah, subreddit just the users voted for what they think each one should be. Number twenty six is our good friend Dexter Morgan from Showtime. Okay, in two thousand six, and I think they go sideways just from the jump because the next three, sorry, four of the next three, I've never heard of before. Okay. Okay. So at number 25 is Slasher from 2016, apparently available only on Chiller. (laughs) Okay. So uh, that's dumb. Yeah. Dexter's better than that. Number 24 is Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Okay. From way back in 1955. Yeah. So here's my deal on that. I'm still going to go Dexter over that. Okay. What do you think? I I mean, number one, I wouldn't put Dexter at 26. Um, I, I mean, personally, yeah. I would put Dexter over that, but historically, do you put Dexter over that? Because that's, that's exactly kind of where, where things, my head's at. Yeah, it's hard to argue with Alfred Hitchcock, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally with you there. So, Still, though, both of those seem drastically underrated. Yeah, so I think it gets worse, although the the projects get better from okay. here. Okay. So the next one is Harper's Island from CBS back in two thousand nine. No clue. No clue at all. And Dexter was like a legit cultural thing yeah, that, for a while. Yeah, that thing went like eight seasons, eight or nine seasons. Yeah. So I, I realize this could be some hidden gem, but come on, guys. We're being a little too uh, yeah. little too precious here. Carnivale from HBO in 2003. Okay. Yeah. Into more known territory, and this offends me deeply. Number 21, Supernatural. Shut it down. Um, thoughts on Supernatural? I like Supernatural. It's not better than Dexter. No. I, I'm with you completely, and I love Supernatural. Like, I've been... I'm ride or die with those guys. Um, but at least it's something I've heard of. Yeah. That's not from 1955. Yeah. Above Supernatural, Bates Motel from A&E. I could see that. Better acting. Yeah. More serious project. We'll take it. Okay. Uh, number 19, The Exorcist from okay. Fox. Okay. Um, number 18, Scream. Scream. I can't Scream say Queens. Scream Fox. Queens from Fox. Yes. Okay. Didn't watch it. I watched the first season. Uh, it's very campy. I enjoyed it. Did I enjoy it more than Dexter? No. Do I enjoy it more than Supernatural? I've only seen like a handful of Supernatural episodes. No. I need to cherry pick you a list of Supernatural episodes. Um, number 17, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, which not only have I never heard of, but it came out on something called Channel 4, and it's a comedy from 2004. It sounds like it's British. Not that I have anything against like British stuff, but that would that would see why neither one of us knew anything about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, right. I just didn't want people <laughs> to think I had something against the British. All right, a personal favorite of mine. Well, actually, number sixteen, The Walking Dead. Okay, so I'm actually surprised that wasn't higher. Yeah, I'm I, I figured top three. I'm too with how much uh, people love that show. Uh, with you completely. Uh, and that's, you know, my own personal list. That's about where I'm going to put it. Okay. You know, in the top 25, neither the top nor the bottom. So you're going to put it at the place it is right here? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I'm with you in suspecting that it's probably more popular with other people. Sure. Though. Yeah. Number 15, this is one where my heart's at. And I'm not even sure if you are familiar with this. Tales from the Dark Side from CBS way back in 1983. I've heard of it. I don't know if I've ever seen it or not. Uh, it is a Tales from the Crypt kind of anthology mm-hmm. series, and there, uh, there's totally a like. This is my childhood bias here, sure. But some of the scariest stuff I've ever seen on TV came from that. I feel like I've seen it before. I caught it in reruns on the USA Network. That's it. Before I would go to school 
um, which I don't know why my parents would let me watch that before I went to school at those tender young ages. But anyway, yeah. So I was pleasantly surprised it got some love. Yeah. And then number 14, Penny Dreadful from Showtime. Okay. I didn't watch that. Mm. I've heard good things. Actually, Penny Dreadful, Tales from the Dark Side, and The Walking Dead are in a three-way tie for number 13. Okay. Fair enough. Um, But the actual number 13, I guess because of the tie, is Channel Zero on Sci-Fi. I started watching that. There's a tooth monster. Okay. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been back to it, though. Like, is it a monster full of teeth? It's a monster made of teeth. Okay. Best I can tell. Now, I was only like a couple episodes in. Okay. Weird stuff is happening with kids. There's a tooth monster. Um, the tooth fairy. I, they may call him the tooth fairy. Mm-hmm. Or it, or she, or whatever. Right. Uh, another one I'm not familiar with comes in at 12, Masters of Horror on Showtime. No, I've, I've never heard of that before. Number 11, buddy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. A little low, but okay. Number 10, and this is one we should probably talk about sometime, maybe do a watch through, Black Mirror. Okay. And you're right about uh, whatever it was we were talking about earlier about Channel 4, because Black Mirror is listed as from Channel 4. So, yeah, okay. totally British. That's the deal. Um, Black Mirror is a critical darling. Yeah. Like, if you're into uh, watching what people say you should watch, that should be way up the list. I'm surprised it was that low. Number nine, coming right at you in your uh, four new years, Derek Zoo. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes, sir. Nickelodeon. That is super high on my personal list. Uh, not afraid to actually be scary. Right, in children's programming? Yeah. Number eight. You know my buddy Bobcat Goldthwait was in that? Did, no, I did not. Yeah. Uh, I feel like if you showed me the episode, though, I'd probably have seen his episode and forgot, because I love those. That was appointment television for me. Yeah. I just wanted to name drop Bobcat Goldthwait. That's all. <laughs> well uh, done. Yeah, but no, uh, can we can we talk about that for just yeah, a second? Man. Are you Jump in. The dark? Yeah, so Snick was my jam back yeah, in dude. the day, right? Like, yeah. Clarissa, Clarissa explains it all. Doug, Rugrats. Are you afraid of the dark? Straight fire, unbelievable. Yeah, like it was the it was the only night when I was a kid that I was able to stay up late until until Monday Night Raw, and then when Monday Night Raw came on, it was Saturdays and Mondays. But yeah, dude, I've got on my iPad right now. I've got the first three seasons of Are You Afraid of the Dark, where they were on iTunes for like ninety nine cents, and I just bought them all for one of my yeah. birthdays. I just bought every one of them. Boy, I wish I'd have caught that sale. That's one of those where I'm like, there will come a time when my children need to be introduced. So uh, I'm looking forward to going back to all those. Did you ever watch a show called Erie, Indiana? Yes. I love some Erie, Indiana, too. Yeah. Erie, Indiana, however, did not make our list. Matter of fact, if I, uh, not on Erie, Indiana, you, yeah, you hit me in the fill spot with Are You Afraid of the Dark? If I could go back and redo anything in my childhood, I would have recreated, I would have made a midnight society and had people, especially where we lived, out of the sticks, dude. Could have just went out in the woods. Yeah. Missed opportunity. I feel like it's okay for us to be nostalgic enough that we should consider remaking the Midnight Society. I'm quite all right with that, man. That may need to be a like a summertime activity. For if that's that. something you guys want to do, yell at us. Um, okay. Still more more known territory now because we're in the top ten. Okay. Number eight, American Horror Story. Okay. I liked uh, season one. Season one was great. And I kind of checked out after that. I did too. Number seven, Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Number six, you're going to like this one, Derek. Hannibal. Yeah. Showing some love. Yeah, man. Uh, when we get into the top six, there's one major criticism I have. Maybe two, but they're, they're pretty good. Number five, I'm not sure if you've watched this. Ash versus Evil Dead from yes, Stars. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've seen uh, a few episodes. I haven't been able to watch the entire thing, but I've, I've seen a few episodes of it. Love it. Yeah, same here. Um, number four, I think this one deserves a slight bump for the same reason we talked about with Alfred Hitchcock. The Twilight Zone from 1959. Okay. That's probably where it ought to be. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, number two, and this is where I'm ready to fight. Number two is the X-Files. Hmm. That's gray area, man. If you have a list of horror television series and the X-Files is not number one, it better be in service to something like The Twilight Zone or Alfred Hitchcock, in my opinion. Um, but you know what number one was? Stranger Things. Oh, man. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say about that. I don't ah. want to be critical of Stranger Things. Mm, yeah. Uh, and I'm super excited that we got news about season two dropping. October 27th. That's recency bias. Yeah. Um, the X-Files should be number one. I'd be totally happy if Stranger Things was number two. It probably should be the Twilight Zone. Yeah. And then I would put Stranger Things at number three. Yeah, man. I don't even know if Stranger Things would make my top five. Like, it's good, but I don't I don't know. Here, Here's the deal. If you didn't encounter that thing as a child of the 80s and 90s who gives it nostalgia bump, I don't think you can consider it that high. Yeah. But as someone who, it just hit me at the exact right time. It had all the like throwbacks to E.T. and uh, Stand By Me and even It. Yeah. You know, I'm comfortable with it being top five. Um, And I particularly want to say, I I don't want to be the old man saying, you kids get off the grass. Everything was better in my day. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give it more love than my personal list would afford it. Okay. That's where I'm coming from on this. But yeah, I'm going to go X-Files for sure. Number one. Twilight Zone, probably the number three on this list, Twin Peaks, uh, which I did not watch at all, but is a is a lasting cultural phenomenon. And I mean, uh, so much so that they brought it back. Exactly. Yeah. And I'll probably move The Walking Dead up to top five um, if I'm looking at this, the historical impact of this thing. Sure. You know, how many people are paying attention? Yeah. So out of that list, let's do our top five. Okay. What's number five for you? Uh, are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. Agreed. That definitively number five. Mm. Number four. Hannibal. That's going to be supernatural for me. Okay. That's fair. Uh, number three. Hitchcock. It's going to be Twilight Zone for me. Okay. Number two. Twilight Zone. Number two for me is probably going to be Stranger Things because I loved it so much. In the okay. Moment. And then number one. X-Files. Yeah, yeah. X-Files for sure. So anyway, there's, uh, there's quite a bit of stuff on here that I had never watched that I may go back around and look at. And some things too that like. Again, hit me in the field spot, took me to nostalgia land. Did you ever see Friday the 13th, the series from 1987? No. It was. It had basically nothing to do with Jason Voorhees at all. Okay. It was this guy who owned a shop full of mysterious artifacts. Okay. Uh, but I remember watching Excuse it. Excuse me. How about uh, MTV Oddities from 1994? Did you ever see that? Briefly, yeah. The animation stuff? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me ask about three series and see if they're on the list. Okay. Goosebumps. Goosebumps does not make the list. This is funny. Understandable at this point. American Gothic. No, um, the the new uh, Neil Gaiman American Gods is just outside of the top twenty six. Okay, but American Gothic is not on here. Tell us about it, American Gothic. Um, man, um, American Gothic had Gary Cole in it, and he played the devil. And the devil was a sheriff of this small town. Um, he uh, in the first episode he winds up killing a girl. Who then comes back as almost like an apparition, or angel is never the word for it, but like an apparition. And her little brother is the son of the devil, and so there's a good and evil struggle for the child throughout the thing. Uh, It lasted maybe one season on CBS, maybe two seasons on CBS, but it was one of those shows that was on like the formative years of my childhood, around age eight, ten, somewhere through there. 
And uh, it was the first thing that I remember Gary Cole being in. Uh-huh. And he was just, he was really, really good. And so I just, to me, it's underrated. Um, but I just, I, did, I didn't know if it made the list or not. It didn't. What time, what time frame are we talking about here? What kind of channel? 94, 95 CBS. Okay. Yeah. Um, possibly 95, 96 CBS. I don't know. Let me look. 95, 96 CBS. Okay. Yeah. You can probably find that somewhere on the interwebs, right? And you're a huge Fast and Furious fan. Mm-hmm. The Tokyo Drift uh, main character, Lucas Black, he's in this. Oh, I like Lucas he, Black. He's the kid. Yeah, he's, he's that's kid. good. That, that's a that's a check mark in their favor. All right, so uh, Goosebumps, American Gothic, what's your third? Actually, I think that was it. Okay. Well, here's the third I would put on the list uh, if I were writing this personally. Uh, and I think I'll probably get killed for this. Um, Sleepy Hollow. I watched the first two seasons okay. of that with a lot of it, you know, a lot of interest. Yeah. Um, probably biased a little bit by the fact I like John Cho. Mm-hmm. I haven't kept up with it since then, but yeah. I like oh, that series. the third Angel. Is Angel on there? Angel is on the list. It is number 33. Cool. Coming in behind um, the Munsters from 64 and Adam's Family in 64, which both tied for... Um, 25th. Another notable one that's on there that I, I wish I had watched because I think it was ahead of its time is Kolchak the Night Stalker. Okay. Uh, that's from 74, so that predates both of us. But people who I know that are like old school horror fans, they all speak highly of that series. All right, man. Well, that was a fun little project. What do you want to talk about now? The floor is yours, Jeff, right? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to bow out and I want you to let our listeners hear about your love for this week's movie. 1997's film from Paul W.S. Anderson, Event Horizon. What? No. Spoiler alert. Are you a Paul W.S. Anderson fan? Not at all. Me either, except for this movie. So you're out on Resident Evil? Yeah, I've never been a fan. Uh, Out on Mortal Kombat? I mean, for childhood, like, nostalgia reasons, I like that movie, but it's not a great movie. Yeah, I think that's... Childhood nostalgia reasons are why I hate that movie so bad. Okay. You know where he lost me on Mortal Kombat? When when I first saw that Scorpion's spear was alive and a serpent. Okay. And I thought, yeah, man, we didn't need you to polish this thing up. So I'm not a fan of his work, but man, I love Event Horizon. It's a good thing that you and I are directly opposed on this, though, because that's basically how general fandom breaks down over this movie. Um, I'd put a poll up on our Twitter feed, mm-hmm. and I'd ask people, is this movie junk or is it a gem? Right now, uh, 76% say it's a gem, but I'm betting that's because we have a particular kind of horror film fan following us. Obviously, more broadly, that movie is despised. I think it deserves cult status, though. Tell me what you hated about it. Everything. Okay. <laughs> Take me through some specifics of the everything. Uh, do I mean, it's just like what we said. Uh, I mean, obviously, when it's a 20-year-old movie, the CGI is not going to hold up. I'm not going to hold that against the movie. But I just felt like the whole thing was hokey. I felt the acting was over, overdone, over the top. Uh, Batman and Robin levels at some points. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I thought, we didn't watch the same movie. No, we did. I sat here and watched it and laughed a lot. And you were like, I don't know why you're laughing. Uh, I didn't like the dialogue. I just, there's a lot to it, man. It just wasn't, and, and, and like I told you, the first time I watched that movie was probably in 99, 2000, somewhere through there. It was a renter. You know, I had a free thing at Blockbuster, and I was like, yeah, let's we'll grab this and let's go. I think maybe even like I rented Blade and that together. Oh, yeah. And That's a good night, Derek. The, first, a- the first half was fantastic. The second half, um, 
would be great for you. You would love that. But uh, yeah, and and I thought it was hokey then, and 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 now even more so. Like I don't think I laughed as much the first time I watched it, but today when we were watching it, I laughed a lot. Yeah, I I was pretty close to fighting levels of frustration <laughs> at that point. Um, I actually really liked the acting in this movie. This to me, even ahead of Jurassic Park, is peak Sam Neill. How many times you get to see Sam Neill working shirtless as a physical powerhouse who's also evil? I hope never again. <laughs> Dude, this is this is to be savored, not despised. That's incorrect. Uh, what do you think about Lawrence Fishburne's uh, performance? He's Lawrence Fishburne, man. He gets killed for that performance because um, uh, uh, people see him as passionless. But to me, he's just working out the kinks that we saw him play with in The Matrix. That's Neo. That's Proto Morpheus. I was happy with the Morpheus performance. I'm happy with his Commander Miller here. Uh, I really liked Jolie Richardson because mm-hmm. I thought she was playing a poor man's Laura Linney. Okay. And even Richard T. Jones, who's there as the comedy relief. is Coop. Coop. He's basically playing Alex Foley in space. Axel yeah. Foley. Uh, what did I say? Alex. Alex. You're like Stacey a hit. He's basically playing Axel Foley in space. Sure. Yeah, that's a good. It's a knockoff. <laughs> that's all he needed. But I'll take it. Okay. Um, Again, man, I'm really glad you enjoyed the show. I can't believe you're so completely out on it. Let's see. Um, a Reddit user by the name of A Fair Judgment uh, said this. Well, I finally watched the movie, and I see what all the ho- hoopla is about. Was it warranted? Maybe a little. He's, you know, There's quite a bit I'm going to skip through, but his uh, conclusion is you get down to a very ho-hum, seen-it-before-ending. It's really a love-it-or-hate-it movie. I do recommend anyone to see it and form your own opinions. Would you follow that last one? I recommend anyone to see it. No. Okay. I do recommend that it is a love or hate movie because you loved it and I hated it. I do love it. All right, let me give you another Reddit user who uh, who said this, and this gets closer to where I'm at. This is from HyperPuppy64. <laughs> Just saw it the other night. This is from Cancer Smart 1996 And how is this even an argument? The directing is great. The story is engaging and well-written. And the practical gore effects are very well done. On top of all that, it has a great atmosphere, and Lawrence Fishburne gives a good performance. It deserves its cult classic status. Could not have said it better myself, Mr. Hyper Puppy. So Hyper Puppy 64, uh, is that you? Is it's that, not me, no. Are you sure? I post under the moniker Right Jeff. Okay. All about transparency. That's right. That boy. Um, At Right Jeff on most social media platforms. I, 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 I can't disagree with that anymore. I thought the directing was terrible. Um, the story's not good. That's the first. It's his first uh, movie. The the writer, I forget his name. I had it earlier, and that's how much it means to me because I've already forgotten it. You said first, like he has other projects. He has, yeah, but they're all in this same like genre, and I've never heard of any of them. Either. Well, obviously, I have to track them down and watch all of them. Well, here, let me let me add to your list that we're not going to watch together. Philip Eisner is his name. Give me a few of his projects. Mutant Chronicles. Okay, that's not auspicious. Firestarter 2? I think I owned Firestarter 2 on DVD. And that's it. I think I owned Firestarter 2. I'm about to go back and look. Yeah, dude. Firestarter 2. Excuse me. Firestarter 2 rekindled. No, I didn't. Dennis Hopper's in that? And Malcolm McDowell? Yeah, they know how to work with quality. Actually, what I owned was not Firestarter 2. It was Carrie Part 2. Well, I mean, I can see where you get the mix-up on that. Who's in Mutant Chronicles? Daniel (laughs) Day-Lewis? Ron Perlman. And Robert Downey Jr. Oh, my gosh. I know that's not true. Because I've seen everything he's been in. Tom Jane, Ron Perlman, 
and Sean Pertwee, who played uh, Smitty in this movie. Yeah, that's his muse. And John Malkovich? I'm done. I'm absolutely over it. Okay, so Event Horizon is the highest rated thing that this this writer has on IMDb at a 6.7. Everything else is 5, 5.2. So, enjoy them, man. Alright, so here's for real what I love about this movie. I will Vince McMahon those movies. I love this movie because I'm all in on the um, supernatural aspect of where the scares are supposed to come from. Okay. You know, I told you I love The Exorcist. I love Exorcism of Emily Rose. The scares in this movie are coming connected to the Judeo-Christian concept of hell. So it's it's a possession movie. Totally in on that. I love the isolation that is brought on by them being a bajillion light clicks or whatever they say away from the nearest star. I think there is... Um, Anderson said one of his influences on this film was The Shining. And I this is nowhere near The Shining. I'll, I'll just go ahead and own that. But nonetheless, there is this creepy, we're out here by ourselves vibe that draws me into that movie. Um, I think the less is more approach to the video the crew discovers when they're kind of checking out the event horizon and they find the captain's log. Um, Again, specifically the less is more approach because you can find an unedited longer version of that clip available online. Uh, But watching just the brief glimpses of Carnage there. Um, is one of the like lasting impressions from horror as a genre in my brain. Like I, it's one of the things that was like, oh, this is really intriguing. Um, I don't go in normally for the style of torture porn gore this is playing with, but again, the less less is more approach uh, did it for me. And then I like the heroic ending where the captain gives himself for uh, the life of his crew, forwarding the nefarious plot of the demonic influence on the ship. But did he? And then that's the last thing I like. That was the first movie that as someone who's growing into an adult, uh, I felt the weight of the like, oh, this story's not over. And I'm not saying I wanted a sequel, but I normally hate the evil is still still lingering ending, but this one worked for me. Um, can I tell you what really upsets me about this movie? There is a much longer version that Anderson wanted to uh, release that the studio killed because they were so disappointed with the film and they hated it so bad they dumped all of the footage. Uh, some of it was recovered in a Brazilian salt mine. True story. Somebody found some of it in a salt mine. A Brazilian salt mine. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Brazilian, but it's if it's not Brazilian, it's some faraway land. I'd rather see that movie. I would rather. Well, I I really want to see the director's cut on this movie. No, I'm talking about them recovering the footage from the Brazilian salt mine. <sighs> That's what I'd rather see. Yeah, I walked right into that. Um, Touche. Point scored. Low landed. Nonetheless, I really want to see the director's cut of this movie, and I just can't. There will never be a director's cut that comes out on this. So, anyway, um, yeah, I love this film. It's top five personally for me, and I, I wish everybody who was listening to this, if you haven't seen it, would run out and watch it right now. Okay, as we said, uh, our fans are now at post. So if you're Team Jeff, run out and see this movie. If you're Team Derek, do yourself a favor and never, ever let your eyes watch this movie. Ever. So. You got anything else to add to uh, your, your fandom on the on the movie? Yeah, um, I'll just note that uh, the CGI doesn't hold up. But, I mean, but that's understandable. It's 20 years. Well, you know, they're... When you first come into the Event Horizon, it's a gravity-free environment, so there's stuff drifting around. And you can tell, like, oh, okay, this is 97. That stuff's not particularly offensive to me. I can sort of grant it the um, 1997-ness of it. Right. Um, 
but there's a scene later where Miller encounters someone from his past who died in fire, and that CGI is awful. <laughs> uh, it's terrible. Yeah, that's that's one where I laughed real hard. You did. You yeah. did laugh really hard there. Uh, I could have also done without the uh, the booby shot when um, Weir is engaging with his wife. Yeah. Um, not engaging in the marital sense, but like clinging to her tightly. So uh, I didn't think that added anything to the movie. Yeah. Um, other than that, this movie is pretty much perfect. I love it. And uh, I'm glad we watched it. <laughs> perfect. You're funny. Did you know that this movie originally had an NC-17 rating? Yeah, I think that what uh, Anderson wanted to do there was super gore. Like, you you noted, this looks like Hellraiser. Yeah. It, Clive Barker, his uh, influence is all over this thing. And so I'm betting what we would have gotten there would be a bunch more of the torture porn stuff I don't like. Mm-hmm. But I still want to see what it was he was actually trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry that you don't get that opportunity to see the director's cut. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm I'm struggling for words right now because it's just dawning on me oh, that man, you me really too. you really like Tusk and you hate this movie. I feel like this movie is seven hundred times better than Tusk. Well, I mean, agree to disagree, man. Yeah. All right. I like Tusk for its campiness and for its uh, oddballsness. Gotcha, gotcha. That makes sense. So yeah. you, you kind of enjoy the spoofiness of it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah, I tend to gravitate towards more serious horror. Mm-hmm. With the notable exception of the Evil Dead franchise. Okay. I really enjoy those, so maybe that does explain the difference. Derek, I'm sorry that the greatness of this movie was lost on you. I feel like your world, you, you don't even know that your world's a little bit darker right now. No. I mean, it is a little bit darker. You're right, because I had to sit through this movie for the second time. But besides that, I'm pretty good. All right, listen, if if you have downloaded this episode and you're listening to this, you got to weigh in. You got to go to our Twitter feed and vote in the poll or hit us up. Got to get on Reddit, say something to us. Uh, let us know. One of us is crazy here. This cannot be left potatoes, patata. I mean, as as the Twitter poll is right now, I'm the one that's crazy, and I'm okay with that. That's not a big deal. Um, I'm I'm fine with being wrong if if the majority of people think that I'm wrong, but I'm not wrong on this one. <laughs> I mean, if I'm wrong, that's fine, but I'm not wrong. Yeah, I get it. I feel much the same way. I mean, that's that's the way America is right now, right? <laughs> I guess so. It's a post-truth society is what we keep being told. But no, if, if you enjoy this movie, Mazel Tov, very glad that you did. I hope that you enjoyed Jeff's uh, analysis of it. If you if you don't like this movie, then that's fine, too. You know what? Watch it anyway. I'll go. I'll backtrack on what I said earlier. Watch it. And and make up your own decision. And the the worst thing that can happen is is that you'll laugh like I did really, really hard. And hopefully you won't have a good buddy in the room that adores this movie that wants to punch you in the face while that's going on. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair, man. I okay. appreciate you uh, being gracious there. There you go. Didn't so, we see something scary? Heck yeah. <laughs> heck yeah. All right. Sam Neal descending into shadow after telling the crew that uh, the ship won't let them leave. And uh, Miller barking back at him, we are going home. And him saying, I am home as he descends in the shadow. Nothing? No. Oh, dude, I thought that was good. So, did we see something scary, Derek? Not at all, sir. Look, if you're a fan of this movie and you want to see more uh, or listen to more um, involved analysis, there's a podcast I listen to from time to time called Cult Film in Review. And April 12th, no, I'm sorry, April 13th, of last year, they covered this um, movie, and much like us, they were divided over it. Um, but I think they ended up concluding that, yeah, this is straight up a cult film, and they get why people um, 
are into it. There might be a podcast our listeners will enjoy too. So just going through some of their episodes, they covered Phantasm, Tremors, uh, Alien, which by the way, controversial opinion, I like this better than Alien. Oh, hot take. Yeah, Night of the Creeps. So they've done some horror movie stuff that uh, they do deep dives on that some of our listeners may enjoy listening to. So plug for Cult Film and Review. Yeah, go check them out. All right, Derek, let's put a bow on this thing. All right. Pearls before swine here. Negative four stars. (laughs) Six and a half, we're in Japan. (laughs) All right. Yeah, this is is number like seven or eight in my heart. like, legitimately think this is one of the better films I've seen in my lifetime. And this is number seven or eight in my bowels. So, yeah. Um, in my own personal uh, just list of horror movies, this is top five. So, love it or hate it. There you go. Yeah. I, I mean, and that, that seems like that's the general consensus. Yeah. Is it's a love or hate type of movie. So, you make up your own mind, but do me a favor. Talk to us about it. If you like it, great. If you love it or if you hate it, that's fine, too. Just uh, engage with us on... That sounds desperate, but you know. <laughs> just engage with us on social media. Uh, you can go on our Twitter feed, Saw Something Scary or Scary Podcast is our uh, Twitter page. You can go on the Facebook page at Scary Podcast. You can talk to Jeff on Reddit because I'm never going to get on Reddit. Uh, it's forward slash r forward slash Saw Something Scary. So, you know, talk to us. Email hey, us. We'll read your iTunes review, too. Yeah. Throw it in there, too. Absolutely. So... Any of those things, uh, you know, if you if you love this movie and you think I'm an idiot, I'd love to hear your reasons why. Uh, if you hate this movie and you think Jeff's an idiot, he'd love to hear your reasons why. We're here for you guys. So engage. Let us know what you think. Follow us on social media. Follow Jeff at Right Jeff. Follow me at Derek Zoo. Come see me if you're in Nashville. I'm there August 10th at the Belcourt Taps. We moved that show. So now it's August 10th. So come out and see me. I'm in Jackson, Tennessee on August the 19th at Southside Comedy Club. So if you're anywhere in Tennessee... Uh, come out and see me, man, and, and hopefully we can do a Cookville show pretty soon for all you uh, people that missed my show in Sparta and keep telling me to come back home. I'm trying, so we'll <laughs> see what happens. Uh, what are we doing next week, man? I don't know, man. I think I picked Event Horizon here. Why don't you uh, why don't you take the reins this time and find a project for us to check out? Okay. All right, so we'll do that, and we'll let you guys know pretty soon. Uh, until then, I think that's that's everything. Jeff saw something scary. I saw something hysterical. That's really all you can ask for in a movie. There's two guys watching a crappy 97 movie or a great 97 movie, whichever one you want to say, and having a good time watching it. At the end of the day, that's what matters. The more you know. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye-bye, man. <laughs>